Welcome to Healing the City podcast. Today I have a special guest, Michael Cousineau. Thanks for being with me today. You're welcome. Michael and I have known each other for about 14 years. He was living with Ron Lehman in college and David and I had just gotten married and somehow, I mean, just being at the village, we got to be friends with you guys and would you would do philosophy discussions at your house, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. And we would do movie nights at our house. Yeah, I love those. Yeah, so we kind of have some history and offering the things that we're interested in um, to the community and then attending that stuff. Um, so it's I'm excited to have you today and to talk a little bit about the ways that you have been part of the quote-unquote healing the city here in Tucson. So if you could start off with maybe sharing what brought you to the village, what brought you, you know, to Tucson, some of that background story, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. Have you interviewed uh, Ron yet? No, I haven't. Okay, all right. Well, um, I'll try not to assume anything too much then. But uh, another villager, actually two other villagers, possibly even more than that, uh, as I'm thinking through, there's like five different people that had pre-village met together or knew each other in some way in San Luis Obispo, California. Wow, okay. And we were all there because um, we were going to college or in some way, shape, or form attending school at California Polytechnic State University uh, there in San Luis Obispo. And I was there to study computer engineering. I'd grown up about an hour and a half north of there. Okay. Uh, if you take Highway 101 north from San Luis Obispo, you could run right through Salinas, California, where I grew up. My eventual roommate, Ron Lehman, who we already just mentioned, uh, sort of grew up in two places. But one place that he grew up was Mountain View, California, which is just another hour and a half north of Salinas. Okay. And so we had reason to be there uh, to go to school kind of affordably and study engineering. And it's really well known to be a great engineering school. But another person that was there was a, uh, a woman named Hannah at the time, Weavido, uh, now Hannah Yakely, who's also a part of the church. Um, another person who's been in and out of the community is Ryan Moore and his sister, Lori Moore, who I actually never met Lori in San Luis Obispo, but eventually did. Um, and then Hannah's brother, Daniel, who I think was just interviewed today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we had all, all, with the exception of me and Lori, had crossed path in San Luis Obispo. In fact, Ron, Hannah, and I were pretty good friends. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, we were all part of a college ministry, Christian college ministry group called Navigators that met on Friday nights at... I think it was Hannah's then boyfriend's house. Um, So most of the time. So we would meet together for what they called NAV night, which is pretty commonly held on Friday nights on college college campuses around the United States. And um, I got to know Ron fairly well and his group of uh, guy friends that were going to all live together in the same apartment. Okay. And um, when I met him, I was a freshman in the dorms and sort of, Dorm living can be, um, well, aggravating at times. Sure. Um, so, so I was like really wanting to get out of there, and and I had visited those apartments and like been invited over for dinner and had a good time and just was loving the aspect of 
four guys living in a two bedroom apartment right next to another four guys who they also knew who were also living, you know, like, yeah, it's like fun times all the time. Right. Right. So, I mean, it it kind of felt like the kind of community oriented stuff that eventually brought me to the village. Uh Um, and so that's still a really big piece of my emphasis in life, um, is trying to create these community living situations Mm -hmm. where they're not necessarily, um, communes (laughs) communes <laughs> although sometimes i think a lot about that sure. about communes uh and how christian communes could kind of be brought back yeah i would love to talk to you about yeah. that on another yeah, podcast yeah, absolutely yeah. yeah like teleported from the 70s mm-hmm. to today and maybe with some of the lessons learned <laughs> <laughs> from that time sure um so but i mean it was it was a weird thing because like in this apartment complex uh in san Luis obispo there were people from all kinds of different uh christian community groups so there was people from Navigators, there were people from uh, Campus Crusade, there were people from InterVarsity. These are like the big three college Christian ministry groups okay. that are on campuses around the United States and even around the world. Um, and um, Ron and I were, well, I was a part of actually two different groups, uh, Navigators and Campus Crusade. So I, li- I, I, I knew both of them and there were so many of us living in this little apartment complex and we all kind of like leaned on each other and hung out with each other and um, supported each other in all kinds of cool ways. So um, that was all great. That was fantastic. That was like the the biggest highlight of my time in San Luis Obispo was mm-hmm. being a part of that Christian community. I mean, it wasn't the only, I mean, I wasn't just hanging out with Christians only <laughs> all the time. I was going to classes and meeting other people and um, there was a lot of really good things. Um, and San Luis Obispo is beautiful. I mean, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Can you describe a little bit of San Luis oh, Obispo? Because whenever I hear someone talk about it, it sounds Wow. Uh, okay. So it's, yeah. I mean, it's almost Roman in a way, but better than Rome. So, because it's surrounded by like these seven hills. Okay. Right. So you get this kind of like mythic feeling of like the Roman seven hills, you know. and uh-huh. um, But they're not built on for the most part. It's... um. Oh, they're just wild. Yeah, exactly. So you can hike up all of these so-called seven sisters, I think they call them sometimes. Um, and a lot of them have letters on the side, kind of like here in, in Tucson where we have an A for A, you know, on A mountain. Uh-huh. And they have ones like that. There's a P on one and then there's an M on another and huh. so on. And you can you can go hike up to these and sometimes people would paint the the P different colors. Sure. Um. And you could hike them because they weren't like super tall. Right. You could hike them almost any day or day or time of day, like day or night, um, you know. And then you have a view of the ocean. You'd or? have Yeah. For some of them, you could have a view of the ocean. The ocean was a little bit too far to really have a good view of the ocean from there. Okay. But the ocean was, you knew if you looked in a certain direction, it was just beyond your line of sight. Okay. Um, I mean, the clouds would roll in from the ocean. The fog would roll in from the ocean sometimes. Um but it was really sunny a lot, uh, and but you had that nice kind of ocean moderating factor, right? So it's not so hot. Exactly, it wasn't it wasn't drastically hot, right? It was almost always between like fifty and eighty. Nice. Yeah, exactly. Right. No, almost perfect. <laughs> it's like a dream world. It is like a dream. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it was insanely expensive to live there for the time that I did. Okay. It was over impacted with students who were going to the school. Not enough housing, and so that's why there was four of us in a two-bedroom apartment. Sure, and I think each of us was paying eight hundred bucks. 
Wow. Each, each of us. Yeah. 3200 bucks a month for an apartment. Uh-huh. Yeah, they were making tons of money. Yeah, and you can't be a family in San Luis Obispo. And, and these were not, not nice apartments either. I mean, sure. I, like, I so I wanted like... It was good because of the community, but it wasn't like we were living in luxury. We right. we had the luxury of just being in this magical place. Right, the natural beauty. Right, but we were uh-huh. kind of like living in these shacks in in yeah, <laughs> you know, in Wonderland. Sure. Um, it like like uh, termites started falling down on Ron's face one time, <laughs> like as he was sleeping. Like oh no, like because we had our beds lofted and. Um, the termites started like falling out of the ceiling onto his face onto his face how did you know did he wake up oh i mean you couldn't avoid i mean they were there was lots of them like oh they were pouring out of the ceiling oh, no. yeah yeah and so <laughs> it's funny though the first way we i think the first way we dealt with it is like we found some piece of cloth or or plastic and we just stapled it to the ceiling right where the hole was <laughs> <laughs> but I think that was our solution for like maybe, I don't know, longer than it should have been the solution. Um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So there was all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, you know, the furniture was, we were talking about the 70s, probably from the 70s. Sure. Questionable. Certain, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very questionable. Yeah. But I mean, it was still great. So anyway, that's all the good stuff about San Luis Obispo. I mean, there's plenty more I could go on and on. But um the bad stuff was that I hated computer engineering, which is what I was there to study. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was like the overall main purpose of me being in this place was to study computer engineering. And I was miserable. Mm. So apart from all the friends and fun that I had that way, like the overall main thing I was there to do was spiraling me into depression. Yeah. Um, and And I just had very little will to do much of anything. Uh-huh. especially towards the end of my time there. So with computer engineering, is it a field where you can't really just switch into another degree or did you just not know what you wanted to do instead? Yeah, a combination of both. Um, so Cal Poly, it's, it's a polytechnic university and, and they pride themselves on having an upside down curriculum, which means that you take your major related classes immediately. So you start working on computer engineering classes right right away. So if you switch to something else, you have all these credits that are in only computer engineering oh, wow. that will not transfer or help you in a lot of other fields. That's sort of fascinating because mm-hmm. most many students change their majors once they start right. studying. But they're usually taking like one major really yeah and then they have all this year other stuff in the bank that they can take Mm -hmm. with them right and it's not that i had nothing i mean i was taking general equation requirements and i was taking like bachelor of science related requirements and i was taking engineering in general related requirements Mm -hmm. so i had a ton of physics credits i had a ton of math credits um and those and i i can i'll save that for later down the road but i mean basically it's like uh with the exception of those kinds of things, I wasn't able to roll them into something else. Sure. Um, so you realize I don't want to do computer mm-hmm. engineering. And and I felt really stuck. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of it that I wa- was that I was really stuck and some of it is that I just felt really, really stuck. And what year in the program of, were you when you were going beginning to... Well, I mean, I, I was like that from the very start and it just got worse okay. and worse. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this, is what, this is what it was. It's like, you know, you want to give it a 
good try and you want to not give up too easily or too soon. And there were things, bits and pieces along the way that I enjoyed, but it was very hard for me, you know, as an 18 year old. I mean, I thought I knew I was an adult and like I knew what I was doing and I should have it all together as an 18 year old. But looking back on it now at 37, I'm like, I had no clue what was going on with life. Totally. You know, um, or I did, but I, I was an 18 year old. Right. So, I mean, yeah. Um, so I thought I had it, had to have it all together. And the model that I saw from my parents and my parents' friends was that like you needed to have a professional career. Right. And engineering was a professional career. But if I was to be more honest about what I was good at and what I liked and what really made me come alive academically, I should have studied something like history right, right out of right out of high school. Mm. That would have been good for me, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, even more so now I know philosophy is, is what I should have studied, but um, I had no idea what philosophy was at the time. Wow. <laughs> I, I didn't, it was never introduced to me okay. in any kind of way that made sense to me that I could put my head around and be like, oh, okay, that's what philosophy is about. Sure. That's what you do when you study philosophy. That's the kind of subjects that you think about and you write about when you study philosophy. I didn't I didn't have a good grasp of that at all. Um So you really didn't know what your choices were either. So you were right. sort of like stuck in your head of I like, thought I did. Uh-huh. Right? I thought I knew. Sure. So I thought I knew it was like, okay, well you can have like a good career with a stable job and like be able to pay your bills and stuff and like, you know, maybe support a wife and family and you know, all that kind of stuff if you do something like engineering mm-hmm. or you could just like be a teacher. <laughs> okay. And those are your options. <laughs> and those are basically your options, right? Like what are you going to do with history? Like are you going to work for a museum or are you going to teach? Right. Like, uh-huh. um, you know, and it's kind of true, but it's not fully true. Right. Sure. Right. Right. There's, there's, there's a lot that's true about that, mm-hmm. but I just felt really stuck. Um, it wasn't the case that I was fully stuck, but I felt that way. Yeah. Um, and so I eventually just dropped out altogether. Okay. I completely quit. Um, I was I was absolutely bottom of the placement depressed and and one the idea that I could quit one day got me out of bed in the morning. Okay. Like I I don't think I'd left my room in a few days at that point or me me even left my bed and then the fact that I realized I could quit like got me out of the apartment. Okay. And I went down to the office of whatever and said, I'm quitting. I'm withdrawing from the semester. I'm not coming back to the school. And I probably said it a lot more firmly and forcefully than I needed to, to some people that day. (laughs) You didn't want anyone to change your mind. No, I was adamant. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I felt so much better about that after having done it. But then I had to face all the consequences, of course, but I was much more, up for facing those consequences than the consequences of continuing on with computer engineering. Yeah. Yeah. So then did you, what, so what year are you at this point? Are you a sophomore or junior? Do you... I was in my junior year. I was in my okay. third year. Oh, wow. And so did you move out or did you stay in the apartment? I stayed there for a short period of time. Uh-huh. So I made that decision at some point. At, I think it was, um, I think it was winter quarter. We were on a quarter system. So it was okay. sometime between January and March. And I think I, and then I left at the end of that quarter. Okay. 
um, which would be the transition from winter to spring quarter. And 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 so yeah. Ron still has another year left. Right. And we had someone else that uh, came and lived with him, I think, for the remainder of that time. Okay. Um, and where did you go? I went back home to Salinas, which was not fun in a lot sure. of ways. <laughs> Face your parents. and Face my parents. Yeah, my parents were not happy, not happy at all about this. Um, uh, the one thing they wanted from me, I think, the one, or at least the one thing that they said that they wanted from me, uh-huh. it was very clear and explicit, was that you need to have a bachelor's degree. Like, you need to go to college and finish college. And I was finally saying to them, I, I'm sure, I, I mean, I disappointed them in all kinds of ways throughout my life. <laughs> but this was the one thing that they had said, for sure you need to do this. And I was saying, no, I'm not going to. Uh-huh. Um, so it was rough. Yeah. So you've been listening to Healing the City podcast with Adrian Crawford. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Facebook and Instagram.